0: And welcome to Inside 50. What a mouth-watering episode we have coming up. We talk about the cold blues, the hot demons, and get to talk about some of the superstars that didn't quite get the premiership medallion. But two gents that did get the premiership medallion, between us we have four of them, Jimmy Bartel and Shane Crawford. I've used that gag a lot. Jimmy, I'll continue to use it.
1: It's some of your best work, Quinny. Uh, I think, uh, you know, people have those little calendars each day. It's got word of the day. I think you've just got the same <laughs> gag that you just keep turning over and pulling off and just... Starting
2: your day with. It's, it's very greedy, isn't it, Quinny? Having three. Jimmy yeah. Bartell having three. Yeah. Well, we would have four and you'd have none if he had his way. Throwing a brown low as well. That's very greedy. You've got to share it around.
1: Was there a year, though, that you thought this, you know, your Hawk side, obviously the one that you won, but was there a year where you went, oh, this side probably should have won the flag, you know, when you sit back?
2: No, never. No. we. That's yeah, um, a good side, though. We did. When I first started, it was unbelievable. We mm. just came off... A premiership in 1991 that was you know so I started pre-season and um, you know I knew I was going into a very experienced side but never never did I think we were ever good enough maybe that was a problem Quinny but I was just being realistic about it not until when we started to win you know probably 2007 2008 is when we started to believe that we were good enough
0: but in terms of timing Unfortunately, your timing going to Hawthorne couldn't have been any worse. You look back at the dominance over Man, the last I, I 50 years. I dragged
2: club down to the absolute <laughs> lowest. <laughs> we almost rough. merged with the Melbourne Demons and um, we almost disappeared as a football club. We had no money. We couldn't attract any players to come and be a part of our club because they weren't sure if they are going to get paid at times. Uh, then we rebuilt. We were competitive, but we are never, ever going to be... Um, you know, a real finals contender. Yes, we made finals, but we were never really going to go far. And then we finally got it right towards the end. So that I'm very grateful for because I I, I would feel a very bitter man for the rest of my life, having not seen the club be run so well uh, on and off the field, but also have that success. I, I... I'd be an angry little sort of dwarf <laughs> running around the streets of the city just dragging my um, knuckles on the ground. What about me, bad me? Why did I do that? And then I would have been questioning, why didn't I go to Port Adelaide? Why didn't I well, go to Sydney?
1: <laughs> well, we've, we've spoken about that before. Sorry, Quinny, I've jumped in here. You no. he raised a good point. There's the, the merger, you've spoken about maybe going to the Swans and Port Adelaide. If, if the merger did go ahead, would you have yes. gone with, with the merger or would that been a, a good jumping off well, point?
2: Yeah, well, that's how it was sold to us. So we were sort of, we were lied to, which um, was was disappointing. I know Dunstall and, and Johnny Platten and, was, you know, a lot of the players that we were told this is the only way it can go, you know, um, we have to merge, we're going to die. So, of course, as players, we're like, oh, we've got to do whatever's right for the club, whatever we think's going to happen. And then the next day... You know, it pops up on the paper and, you know, the players back the merger. So we we look like real villains. But at the, the end of the day, we're just going by the board what the board were telling us. And they were wanting us to put their hands up and say, yes, we're on board. So then they go to the media and then, you know, hopefully they can get it across the line. But um, I, I was told, listen, we're going to put all the young kids together from Demons and also the Hawks. So you got guys like... Uh, You know, at the time, I think Jeff White was up and about or uh, David Neitz was up and about, you know, so those times. So we're going to put a really good young team together. Um, And, you know, I was told that, you know, we're going to do well. We're going to win flags and it's going to be a great journey. So, you know, you go, okay, whatever works best. You know, as a young kid, you're just trying to fit in, trying to be a part of a team. Um, But, you know, little did we know the behind the scenes and all the ongoings behind closed doors uh, where it was pretty much turmoil. I think
0: Jimmy was saying though, would you have gone and played for the Sydney Swans or Port Adelaide if the merger went through? Would you have stayed and been I a proud have, Hellborn Dork?
2: I would have been a Dork. A dork yep, <laughs> the, yeah, the Hawks and the Demons, the Dorks. Yeah, I, I would have. I would have played for the Dorks. Yep, and it was going to be what was it going to be? It was virtually going to be a Demons jumper with a little the Hawker, uh, yeah, 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 a little hawk there. But they you looked ripped dork, that off, those and jumpers. it was just a Demons jumper. So, um, yeah, no, I definitely would have been a Dork with Nita. Big David Neitz would have been there, and um, Captain Dork. <laughs> Maybe a Captain Dork, yeah. yeah. Vice Captain Dork, who knows.
0: Didn't think we'd go down this path.
2: But <laughs> no, dude, sorry, no, I, no,
0: I love hearing about it because it's one of those things, even all these years later, there's still new stories that come out yeah, and a lot I, of people you know, only know what they were told. I,
2: I was shattered for the older players. You know, guys like Andy Collins, who's now um, you know helping out with Box Hill, and uh, Ray because because they still had a few years to go and they'd been great servants for the football club, but you could tell that they were extremely stressed and worried and concerned. I think Andy Collins maybe even had a go at me for saying that I supported the club, you know. But little did I know behind the scenes what was going on. And obviously him being an experienced player, he knew everything was going on. So I felt for them because their careers were virtually going to come to an end when that was very unfortunate. But it didn't. They continued on a little bit longer and, yeah, the club's gone from strength to strength.
0: And Scotty's still making money telling the stories at Sportsman's
2: Night's. Don Scott, he's, he's still doing his podcast with <laughs> Sam Newman. I'll tell you what, I've, done, I've been a part of that podcast before and that is unusual. i tell you what, <laughs> Jimmy, strap yourself in if you ever go in there because those two are the, the oddest couple. They're weirdos. Um, but obviously, we're very good footballers, great entertainers. All Don wants to talk about is footy and Sam doesn't want to talk about footy and Sam leans over and virtually t- he turns my, uh, Don's mic off and says, shut up, stop talking, virtually turns him off. He drives down from the morning to Peninsula, like, you know, an hour and a half to be a part of it, and then he just shuts him off. Says, no, get out of here. That is just, that's, I d- we should get him in here one day.
0: Yeah, we might need to put that one on delay, I think, <laughs> and we have the, our lawyers just proof-listen to him before we put the podcast out. Now, we're going to talk footy. We do do that on this podcast. The one team that's in the news for the wrong reasons, the Carlton Football Club. They've started the season two and three, which isn't disastrous. But what was disastrous was some of the stats against Port Adelaide last week. Port had 67 more disposals. That's okay. But what is unexcusable, they had 80 more effective disposals. Jimmy Bartell, break down what on earth happened to Carlton in that game.
1: Well, the the same way they're getting beaten each time. And I think that's the disappointing thing about Carlton. They haven't actually adjusted even through five weeks, but you've had pre-season... How is the opposition beating us? Now, we know Carlton's gone and got some extra players. They identify they need some run and zip from behind the ball. You put them around, you know, Walsh going inside and Cripps, let's play a bit quicker. But you still got to identify how the opposition beats you, and that's on transition. So round one, we know Richmond are a really powerful side, so we excuse that. But then if you're getting beaten in the same manner, is it a mindset thing or is it a structure thing? And that's the thing that David Teague and, and the coaches have, have got to work out, And that's where also the frustration comes from Carlton fans. It's like if fans can go to the footy and see we're getting beaten the same way, what are you guys doing? Stop telling us, you know, to use Brendan Bolton's line, oh, there's green shoots. When we can see you getting beaten in the exact same manner, AT effective disposals more is just not defending at all or putting any pressure on the opposition. That's not only four very good players, four highly effective players because that's just free ball movement. So that gives you the easy shots on goal and, you know, um, optimistic Carlton fans will go, oh, we had almost the same amount of shots and inside 50s. But if you've got 80 effective, any AFL player, if he's got time and space, will absolutely cut you up. And then you have a look at where Port Adelaide were taking their shots. There's just no pressure. So they do the contest really well. They get it forward. But you've got to realise the opposition's entitled to win the ball well. How do you stop them? How do you um, make it life hard for them? That's sort of being easy to play against. You know, the old coaches' terms. uh, You would have had plenty of coaches say that to you. Bomber Thompson and Chris Scott said that to me. That'd be easy to play against. And so the other factor too is, did you expect them to beat Richmond and Adelaide? Probably not, but you can't get beaten in that manner.
0: And I thought they had their chances against Richmond. And again, they shot themselves in the foot. When they went forward, they just made such hard work of it. And then the Tigers would go down, not dissimilar to what happened against Port, and hit the scoreboard.
1: Yeah, but when when you go back and look at that game, if if Dustin Martin, Cochin, these sort of guys, Richmond talented player Shane Edwards, if they've got 20 metres of space, only 70 metres out from their goal, it's going to equal a score and yeah. highly likely a goal because Jack Rewalt, instead of taking his shot on the boundary, which is still good enough to kick him, He's taking them on the 45. You know, Tom Lynch, he's kicking him from 30 out in front. So there's stats that can say inside forward 50s, but I've seen sides have 60 inside forward 50s and get beaten by 10 goals. They can be shallow, they can be wide, and they don't hurt the opposition.
0: So what's the message this week, and what can we expect will change against Brisbane?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I think the Carlton um, supporters just want a strong message from David Teague, and that'll be, you know, Still go after the footy, still attack it. They've got to win the contest. That's the most important thing. you still got to win the ball. But when you don't have it, cut out the releases. So it's almost like a step process, a flow chart for the players. Win, win the contest, get set up really well around the contest, win the contest. If you don't win it, make it difficult for the opposition. Cut out the releases, then get back and defend. So people go, oh, let's look at his GPS data. There's You can hide your GPS data by just running to get the ball from a kick out or running off off the bench or going to get the little, you know, short squeeze kick sideways, you've actually got to cut out the release to give
2: your defenders a chance. What
0: have you made of them so far, Crawford?
2: Um, Jimmy's absolutely noted, especially half forward, that that kick has got to be um, under so much pressure uh, from the opposition because that, that kick, um, without a bit of pressure, as Jimmy did say, against good teams. You just get totally destroyed. And that's what's happening with the Blues. Their defensive pressure, th- Jimmy said you can they can win the footy, which they can, but it's it's when they don't have it. Um, their pressure's not where it needs to be. At times it can be, but for some reason they're picking and choosing when they want to... You know, get in the face of the opposition really make it tough. So I think whether or not it's it's their game plan they've changed things around they're trying to be more attacking and and they're just trying to get that balance a bit better. All's not lost yet I'm actually giving I, I'm picking them to win this week okay uh, only because of the coach copying it the players are copying it you always get some kind of response it's on their home deck but they've got a lot of work to do. we're expecting them to be up there um, you know they've they've had development over the last few years um and they've been competitive this year last week was a real disappointment which everyone was expecting not them to not to win but hey put up a good showing show us what you're capable of i still think Port Adelaide are the best at the moment so that's the measuring stick um this week for me is judgement day not necessarily last week i think this week just how they can respond to things um they still lack that last kick for them inside 50, that's that's an area. And also, you know, bring in some, some half backs who can really run. You know, Saad, those types, they can run around in circles, which can really throw your um, leading patterns and your forwards out and your midfielders out from running into space, especially if he's running, getting the ball and doing a huge turn, <laughs> hooking back. It just throws everyone out of whack. So I reckon if they can run in straighter lines – They can start to connect up a bit better and hopefully that can help them on the scoreboard. I'm still, I haven't given up on them. You know, they're they're two and three. They've played some good games. They've played some really poor games. They've just got to level that sort of drop out and make it way more competitive.
0: The next month, and it's not easy, before I read it out, who are you tipping this week? Are you tipping them to bounce back and beat (laughs) Brisbane? Or do you think they've got Brisbane at the wrong time who just look like they're finding their mojo?
2: Yeah,
1: I I want to tip Carlton, but then, yeah, I tipped them last week thinking, oh, this is... Know a sign of their maturity, where we all expect them to make the step up the ladder. Port Adelaide got some key injuries out, and I got let down. Um, I'm with Shane. I'm giving them one last chance, <laughs> one last chance. But <laughs> hold your breath. But if they lose this, I'm not tipping them for the rest of the year <laughs> yeah. until until they string three or four in a row. So I, I'm giving them one last chance. And
2: people people say they beat what well, they beat. Free They beat the Gold Coast. They go, oh, you know, but. They destroyed Fremantle they did. when they play, which is not easy to do. Fremantle, a very structured team. And Gold Coast Gold Coast, still had Wits running around at the time, so they were a bit of a different play, uh, team when Wits is in that team. So, yeah, all's not lost yet, but we need a response and it needs to happen this week. So and, and I need something from David Teague. Like, I think what's happening with him, when they're having losses, he's sort of going down the Simon Goodwin, uh, Goodwin Track um, over the last few years, it's like green shoots. Everything's okay, you know. You got to show a bit of emotion. You you do. You got to do that for your supporters. And you you have a look in in the game of or in any games. You look at um, you know who, who've been good coaches in the AFL over the last you know ten years. Uh, Alistair Clarkson, Damien Hardwick. Damien Hardwick shows a bit of emotion. You know, used to be pretty straight, but all of a sudden shows a bit of emotion. You know what he's thinking. Craig Bellamy. In the NRL, he's been the best coach for a long, long time. Does he show emotion? He throws people out of the boxes. (laughs) So I I just think from a supporter point of view, you can't have a coach being flatlined the whole time. So my advice to him is just get up and about. If you're disappointed, I know you're trying to look after your players, but if you're disappointed, show us that you're disappointed because we need to see a bit of emotion. I think the supporters need that and they just want to know. I know he cares. I know he's working his butt off, but... They just need something visible to uh, to track.
0: So you're both leaning towards them being three and three, but certainly not declaring them to do so. On the back of that, the upcoming three games for them: Essendon at the MCG, the Bulldogs at Marvel and Melbourne at the MCG. Now, I'd be tipping them to beat the Bombers, but you never really know when those two teams clash. But the other two games on form, probably two of the toughest assignments in footy, the Bulldogs and Melbourne, both at their preferred venue. So it is vital they do beat Brisbane, because all of a sudden, finals might be very, very far away should they lose this week.
1: Well, if they play the way uh, they have in recent weeks against um, the Western Bulldogs, uh, the Western Bulldogs might have 600 possessions. Yeah. Like we, we know when they're playing good sides, they have 400, and every <laughs> midfielder has 30. If they play against a side who allows 80 effective disposals to Port Adelaide very good. But the dogs, we know, they've got like 29 midfielders who can get 30 possessions. They might break the record for possessions.
0: Good one for a same game, bolting, Just all those dog players, 30 Over and 30.
2: 25. Well, they're a great team, aren't they? And they're running straighter, which is really helping them uh, the way they move the footy and helping them on the scoreboard. So their forwards must be licking their lips because the ball's coming in a lot. And their midfielders, well, it's just hard to stop when they're pretty flexible and and changing it around and everyone's talking about you know um, Trelaw and Bontempelli and whatever but Josh Dunkley's probably been their best midfielder if you look through the stats and and the the stuff that he's doing around the stoppages he's probably been their best midfielder this year so um, yeah they're, they're very flexible and it's great it's good for footy it's so like the Demons. Good to see the Demons doing really well. I've got a bit of a theory on the Demons. Have they? Can s- you just hold it? Because okay, we're going to preview sure. that game. Right. We're going to do a
0: preview on <laughs> Richmond and Melbourne, which is the game of the week, And Anzac Eve, and we'll get to that just in a sec. So hold your fire. I like you've got an ace up your sleeve. McCain!
2: Australia's had many great racing and sports moments and here's the next. The Tab app is now available on Google Play. Download it today. Tab. Long may we play.
1: Google Play is a trademark of Google LLC. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help. 1-800-858-858. We've
0: got some audio we're about to play. This is Kane Corn speaking on SEN in Adelaide.
1: So after we won the 2004 premiership, we went back to a big dinner after it as a lot of clubs would do. On my table... At that dinner was Josh Franco and Stewie Cochran. So Josh Franco, had an absolute gun, done his knee and not been part of it. And Stewie Cochran was just one of the great team men. To see them there, and um, as much as they were trying to be, you know, excited and uh, happy for everyone, you could tell, you know, how how the, the, the despair on their face at times. Giving them a premiership medal isn't going to solve that heartache for missing out.
0: So that's Kane talking about some of the heartache that his teammates went through not playing in Port Adelaide's one AFL Premiership. I've gotten the emergencies for the four grand finals we won between the three of us. Jimmy, <laughs> you are in 2007, 2009 and 2011. Shane in 2008. You've got a great memory, Jimmy. Can you remember the emergencies in those grand finals? We'll start 2007. It's oh, a tough question. Shit. I'll put you on the spot and I must admit researching this was like going to the dentist. It was very, very painful, nice. but I got there in the end. Okay, the emergencies for Geelong in the 2007 grand final. Travis Varko, Mark Blake, Brent Prismal. 2009, this would be a good trivia question, Shane Mumford, yeah, Simon Hogan hmm. and Matthew Stokes. 2011. Cam Mooney. He, no. No. No, he wasn't. Darren on. Milburn. Yes. No, nah, he got me. Shannon Burns. And Cam Guthrie.
1: But I I think the unluckiest one, I I should have cut you short. We would have saved five minutes. The unluckiest one's not even on that list. So the unluckiest one for me is Matt Egan. So he played all of 2007, was named the All-Australian Centre halfback. and the last round of the year, playing the Brisbane Lions. So we're locked away, top two spot, all that sort of stuff. And just lands a little bit awkwardly, breaks his navicular bone and never plays football again. Mm. So it wasn't just like, oh, what could he... You know, pan out to be as a footballer. We knew he was the best centre-half back in the game. He was hitting his peak. He was a lock for a premiership because you, know, you can't get better than the All-Australian centre-half back. Never played a game of footy again. And that whole entire era. And we we're only so fortunate that Matt Egan went out, Stephen Wells identifies a mature age recruit from Geraldton in Harry Taylor. So yeah, we could have had... You know, him added to the back six as well. But yeah, Matt Egan probably is the one for me. He's the unluckiest teammate because he he came along 2007, he's in the crutches. Uh, 2008, still big finals, run the one Shane 2009, he's there, still in crutches and, and things like that. So he was there through the whole entire era. It was just one awkward landing at the Gabba.
0: If he got a premiership medallion, and personally, I'd love to see everyone on the list get one because I think it's a full team effort just like they do in the American sports. Do you think that would help ease the pain or do you really not think they'd care?
1: I think it'd have to be a minimum amount of games. Okay. I think I'd be a little bit more comfortable with that. What do you think? They do help you get there. Like, there's guys who...
2: Yeah, and yeah, as you say, you have players who do all the bullocking work. You even look at Richmond over the last few years. They've played a lot of young kids. They've had a lot of senior players have been a bit injured. So they're just, you know, like a Bart Cummings sort of Melbourne Cup preparation. They just get them ready to go, and then the senior guys come in. So I, I feel as though they need something from it, you know? Yeah. Like, they should get some kind of recognition, um, which whether or not you know they're gutted because they're not a part of it, yes, I, I get all that. But you know, in twenty years' time, I was a part of that list. Yes, I helped them that year. I didn't play in the final, so it's, some kind of recognition is quite nice. Um, but then you get in the grey area. Does everyone on the list get one, or is it just people who played that year, even if they played one game? This it's a team game. They're still helping the team. Um, it's yeah, it's a tricky situation. Um, I don't think the AFL are going to change it. I think they're just going to go. No, this is it. Whoever plays on that day, you get the medallion. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's it's a hard one.
1: So, like, a Prestige Giacomo, like, who missed out on Collingwood's premiership, gun, yeah, you know, well-loved clubman, did it all, but, you know, because he said, oh, I'm not right to go to the grand final, he misses out. That's where I think you go, oh, could you give him one?
0: Yeah.
1: It depends how you'd receive it, though.
0: Well, that's the thing. And I, I can't put my my myself in that mindset. But if it was one of you two that you'd, were injured in the prelim and you didn't play the granny. If they offered you a premiership medallion, would you literally say to the kids, Oh, go play with that, I don't really want it, would you throw it over the fence, which is the reason they stopped giving the medals to the runner up? Well, when a Collingwood player did that, where three would you land? Premiership
2: medallions right now, where are they? Are they in a sock drawer somewhere or you know, you're in the cupboard or they're in storage? They're on your wall? Uh, good question. Um What about your brownlow? Where's your brown uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that that's not being smart. I actually I actually
1: don't know where that is at the moment. Um What,
0: I'm you moved th- house and it's in a box somewhere or you
1: No, no, I've I've given like all that sort of stuff to I've got a stack of nephews, so I've given it to them. So that
2: So some one of your nephews is running around with a brown low medal <laughs> around his neck going, You're a little beauty and Kids these days don't really appreciate stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll end up you know, well, in a great throughout I accidentally threw out. The, the
1: Geelong Footy Club and now clubs are starting to, they give a little bit of something to the players, so they started making rings. They yes. made three premiership rings and I accidentally threw them out at the tip. <laughs> and, you know, that there's always a tip man who yes. like puts something yeah. in the tip shop. Jackpot. Yeah, he he found them and contacted uh, Cameron Ling and Lingy rang me goes, Yeah, your premiership rings. Yeah, yeah, they're here in the cupboard somewhere. He goes, well, they wouldn't be because I've got them. (laughs) No. Wow.
0: Did you give a little sling to the tip man?
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) A little something? Bought him a slab of cans and said thanks for that. (laughs) But I wouldn't know where they are now again. Yeah, Yeah,
2: it's a hard one because...
0: So you're probably not the right person to ask about what these medals mean to
2: you. No, but like, of course they mean a lot. Yeah, they mean the world. They they do. They mean a great deal, but it's... It's like you don't just go, okay, you walk into the house and then we've got stuff hanging all over the house. A lot of people
0: do, though. Do they? Who? I've been to a lot of sports. Oh, name house. names. Name names. <laughs> name names. No,
2: that's if you got a little... Max Gould's outhouse. having a great
0: season. <laughs> <laughs> <The massive.
2: laughs> he's got a
1: little Max Shrine, does he? You know he's a footballer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, my, my kids, I'm like, hey, I'll give you this and you can put it on your wall, you know, and it's like, oh, no, 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 I'd rather stick a poster of, you know... Yes. <laughs> Fortnite on the wall or okay. something like that. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I, I really, like, I've got so much memorabilia stuff, you know, and I I was a collector when I was playing. So even, you know, we would do all Australian stuff. I'd, I'd collect the Irish jerseys, you know, opposition jerseys, all that stuff. And back in the day, I got everything framed. So I've got, I've got so many things framed. But you know what? they're locked away in storage. I don't know what to do with them. I'm like, what am I going to do with it? My my kids don't want it. I said, it's all valuable stuff, but what, am I going to put it up in my house everywhere and just have a couple of shrines to myself? Who's going to cop that? No one. I don't want that. All
0: (laughs) jokes aside, do you both have minimal... Memorabilia of yourself as you've got sons and you don't want them to grow up in your shadow, or you just don't feel the need to put it on display.
1: No, I, I'm like Croft, I've got it, but it's still in its sort of box and it's been framed and it's sitting out in the garage. I probably the only things I've, I've got around the house is the old school premiership photo, you know, like um, it's like the old tennis photo as a kid, you know, with the, the dodgy curtain in the background <laughs> where it's, you know, the 18 and the coach, and I, they're the, probably the only. I've only got those three things really, and I had some footy cards the other day, which my son's starting to get into the into the footy cards. But he just likes the ones that have got colourful squares around the outside of it and, <laughs> and things like that. But I've I've got it there for nephews and, and sons and if they want it. But it's more waiting for them to. Yep. Oh, can can I go grab that? Yeah.
2: No, I um, you know I thought about selling off the Brownlow. I thought maybe I could invest in a horse or two, you know, <laughs> just give it a go. But uh, no, my Brownlow's at the museum um, at the MCG because I know they'll look after it. So they said, oh, can we – I said, yep, just look after it. Way you go. And at least – I used to have it – when I first won it, people would come over and say, oh, can we – so I used to hang my Brownlow. It just used to hang off a – Statue of a horse. <laughs> so they come in because everyone would just want to wear it or get a photo with it. So I, I left it like that for a long time. But then I thought, oh, once you start having kids and whatever, it's going to go missing. It's going to end up down the uh, toilet <laughs> yeah, or the air conditioner duct or whatever. So I thought, oh, I better, better try and look after this because this that's pretty special.
0: <laughs> what do you reckon you could sell a Brownlow for? Uh,
1: it all depends what supporter base you got.
0: Well, you two have got fanatical fan bases. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but there's lots of Geelong and Hawthorne Brownlow middleists, So why
2: don't, why don't we stick them together and, and try and offload yes. them? How much would you Glue need them. to <laughs> contemplate it? If
0: someone said, "I'll give you this for your Brownlow," how much would you think? How much would? Well, no,
1: I don't, I don't. think yet. Everything's sell for it. sale,
2: yeah. isn't
0: it? <laughs> well, he's just said you would sell it. You've said everything's for sale. you well, you got to be realistic. What about would you things. sell yours for? What? Well, I said I'll give you what? fifty thousand. Would you sell it?
2: No, but what 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 am I? What do I do with it? Like it's with the Brownlow or the money. With the brown layer Well,
0: I'm asking like you. I've, I've, surprisingly, I haven't I got one yet. I had it sort of
2: locked away, and now it's at a museum. So I'm like, well, if someone wants to wants to pay ridiculous money and and do something with it, surely you consider stuff like that, wouldn't you? But it'd have to be pretty significant. There's the lead, Crawford Brownlow for sale. <laughs> no, no, it's not for sale. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, you give me half a million, I'll definitely sit, yeah. sit over a coffee and think, Jimmy, what should we do, mate?
0: <laughs> I'm going to read out the Hawthorne Emergencies from 2008 because I spent half an hour trying to find yep. them. I wouldn't have got these. Do you want to have a guess at them?
2: Simon Taylor. Yes. Taylor. Oh, Clark?
0: Uh, no, nah, I'm out. Tom <laughs> Murphy and Travis Tuck were the other two.
2: Simon Taylor played all year.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, what was he like after the granny? Can you remember?
2: But like, he he was, uh, yeah, no, I, I'd i imagine to this day, you know, because I, I can even remember having conversations during the finals with him about, why am I not playing? I need to be playing, you know. But at the end of the day, it got up to me, yeah. the coach. So Simon had done all the bull-looking work and then they brought in uh, Renouf because he was able to cover the ground a bit better. So that was what it was. But uh, I remember that year, Simon Taylor was told, you are not to kick the football. (laughs) So he was to play AFL football as the ruckman, and you are not to kick the football. So just understanding your role is feed it off. If you're by yourself 100 metres out on the wing of the MCG, don't even think about kicking the football. (laughs) So you'd see, if you look at any of the footage of Simon Taylor getting the ball, the players would just be on the bolt saying, flick it out the back here, we'll take care of it. So um, I felt, I did really feel for him because... Uh, he did all the work all year, did a really good job, and then they brought in a young kid who, uh, who was you know, going to run hard and, and give that extra sort of push going forward as well. So it's tough. It's tough because they're putting all their heart and soul into it, and I have no doubt to this day you know, it'd still eat away at him.
0: And Renouf had a very limited AFL career, was shipped off to Port after that. Do you think that would make it even harder for Taylor to swallow?
2: But possibly, yeah, possibly, but um, you'd have to ask him. He's he's a good fella, Simon Taylor, and um, you know, even now I still get a bit disappointed for him because you know um, you just know that he held us up most of the year.
1: So Mark Blake was emerged 07 '07, but he was in the side all the way up, and he played the preliminary final that one against Collingwood, the couple of points, and he had a really shaky grand final. And our VFL side were playing in the grand final, and Stephen King had missed most of the year played a blinder in the VFL Grand Final. And the coaches went, I think we have to play Stephen King. That's right. So Stephen King played the VFL Grand Final. They won, came like parachuted his way into the side, put Mark Blake out. But then Mark Blake, you know, had that, you know, yep. burning desire to prove everyone wrong through eight and 2008. Stephen King got shipped across to St Kilda. First bounce, 2009 Grand Final. Stephen King versus Mark Blake. Didn't they both just charge at each other with knees up? Yeah, right.
0: That's right. So, you know, that would be like an ESPN 30 for 30 documentary. They love that sort of stuff. Like, got dropped. King, who'd been there forever, comes in, and then all of a sudden, a few years later, he got his vengeance. Yes, exactly right. That's a good one. It's It's a hard
2: one. But at the end of the day, you've got to pick the team that you think can win. That's, you know, like. Um, loyalty goes out the window, especially when there's a grand final on the line. You've got to go, okay, what is going to make us win? We need more run from a big, tall ruckman. Yes, we need them to compete. We're not going to win the stoppage, but we need someone who can run and try and open up a bit of space. So, you you know, you've got to go with your very best side. You've got to pick who you can get through. And what's happened, um, and I think few sides have learnt – um, from some finals efforts, some poor grand final efforts, is that you you can't pick too many injured guys either. You know, you, you might be able to get away with one, um, but you can't go any more than that because of the way the game's played and the speed of the game these days. You cannot, if there's a question mark there, they get wiped. And unfortunately, we saw with the, the Giants um, back in my day when the Hawks um lost a grand final. You know, they took in probably a couple injured as well. So, um, I think Richmond learnt from that as well. We did it as
1: well in 08. Took too many bikes underdone.
2: Yeah, and it costs you. It costs you. So, you know, it's I'd love to be in those match committees just listening to the discussion of everyone and the most important person in those match committees is the fitness advisor and the doctors. How far can we get him through? What can we do? And then, they're the ones probably picking the team saying, yep, and their heads are on the chopping block. That's probably why you said the doctors disappear from the club the very next year. <laughs> <laughs> Australia's had many great racing and sports moments, and here's the next. The Tab app is now available on Google Play. Download it today. Tab. Long may we
1: play. Google Play is a trademark of Google LLC. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help.
0: 1-800-858-858. Switching tact, it's time to look at the big one. The MCG will be absolutely rocking Saturday night with Melbourne up against Richmond. Shane, I know you got some thoughts on the D, so open the batting. No,
2: well, I've just – if you look at their – and I haven't got it in front of me because I can't really remember it, but you look at their last five or six matches for the season, there's a lot of interstate travel against better sides. I think Port Adelaide, West Coast, maybe Brisbane might be in there. If you look at it, there's a bit of travel for them. So I've got a feeling they've had their foot down very, very early. We need to chalk the wins. We need to be up and about. So they would have attacked their season very differently. So – you know, they're going really well, which is awesome. They still haven't played their best footy, but they're finding a way to win and grind teams to the ground. You know, they're hanging there for a few quarters and then they seem to find another gear. So I'm just I'm just wondering whether or not it was all part of their plan to we've got to be up and early and get that momentum because the back end, they might cop a few hits, you know. Um, you know, those interstate games, especially at the end of the season, against very good teams who are probably trying to be up and about especially in front of their home crowd um it's I just I just think there's a bit of a a, a bit of a pattern there whereas as you look at Geelong it's like oh yeah we build into the season and we we start to lift and Richmond we build into the season although I think Richmond are probably playing better than they probably are expecting right now I think the way they're going about it they're probably going gee we're actually going a bit better than what we were planning so I, I just think all the planning, from Melbourne's point of view, is let's get up early, win early, get ourselves on the scoreboard and see if they can hang on. So
1: You're, you're a powerful coach these days, and you're at match committee. Mm. You're the Melbourne coach. We haven't won yet. Yeah, no, but you're, you're the Melbourne coach. You've been putting big scores up. You've got Wiedemann, who's kicked seven. You've got Ben Brown, who's ready to go. But your forward line's going pretty well. Do you pick them both? Do you pick one? Who goes out?
2: I uh, I wouldn't change it. Like I know everyone talks about Mitch Brown going out. Um, he was
1: good on the weekend.
2: He's a worker. Like he is a wor- he works up the field. He runs. You know he 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 gets his uh, defenders pushing back. He seems to get into the right spots. He kicks well. I I wouldn't change it. Like at the moment, I'd go, boys, have another run in the twos. This is great. And the thing is, the Box, uh, box Hill played the Demons and I watched a little bit um, of that, that match, uh, mainly because Sammy Mitchell was coaching for the first time and I, I think Box Hill were expecting to do well this year, um, you know, finish top four, top five. And uh, the Demons were awesome, you know. They had Jetta running around and, and their forward line uh, was on fire. Um, there's just great pressure at the Melbourne Football Club to get a game, which is amazing. You know, it's the same with Port Adelaide at the moment. Same with the Bulldogs. Johannesson's been struggling to get into that team. So they're the, they're the teams that always do well because the senior players know, hey, if I drop a bit, we saw on the weekend, Hibbard had come back into the side. He hadn't been playing. Um, he played like his life was on the line because he knows his he spot's on the line. I've got my chance to get back in and some of his pressure acts... Um, and his teamwork were just incredible. So, those teams that have great pressure from underneath, uh, they they're just able to keep that real consistency throughout the year. I wouldn't bring him in this week. That's just me.
0: Who's going to win, Richmond or Melbourne?
2: I I think Richmond are going pretty good. Like I know you had a, a easy win last week, but I, I love their match against Port Adelaide because Port Adelaide for me are the measuring stick. So. If I had to pick one, I would be picking Richmond to win.
1: James? Tigers. Because it's just more on the known quantity. You know what Richmond's going to produce. Their their second half against St Kilda, I know the Saints just came to a grinding halt, but it was the manner that Richmond played. though, that running power back, which when they had the um, all their premierships years, you just have that in your mind, them just leaving the contest. They've got guys who know their role really well. And I think they actually match up their back six, matches up well against Melbourne's Forward six, so you can swap Grimes on and um, Asprey and these sort of guys. Bolter can go to McDonald. So I think they've got actually Melbourne's uh, forward six. Yeah, you know, it's got the matchups for them. It's uh, yeah, you know, I just think only Tigers, just because they're the known quantity.
0: I think Richmond will win at fourteen points, and I think it will be good points. for Melbourne to get close and lose because if they win this, it uh, might get a little that. ahead of themselves. It's, never, it's early season.
1: Stop that talk. That is you know it'd be good. Centre
2: bounce Petrarca. Martin, yeah, that will be good. Head to head, yeah. just right. let them go. Take it. You each don't other like one. that one, do you, James?
1: No, it's not, it's never good to just go. Oh yeah, we did well and we lost.
2: No, no, you obviously can take a lot of that's, positives out of that's a loss. Such a midweek sport mentality. No, like. what, <laughs> what's <laughs> good for the sport is if the demons win because you know what, all their supporters oh, are going to be saying, cancelling their ski We passes. are on. This is our year. Away we go oh. and. Just gets the football world talking. You know, everyone's going, oh, Richmond, they're probably not the real deal. But we know they they build into a year. Yeah. So the,
0: the only disaster would be is if Melbourne got belted. If Melbourne lost by seven goals, then all of a sudden, everything that's been said about in the last three years comes out again. No, the point just, is, if they lose a close game, yes. they are still got to be respected. Yes, and yes, they're yeah. still on track, and they're still going to be there.
2: Nathan Jones is 300. They're not going to yeah. get belted, I can assure you. You know, they're going to... Obviously, they're going to try their guts out every week, but um, you know it's pretty special. Um, you know to run out with a player who's going to play their three hundred. So I'm sure they'll be up and about, and it's going to be wonderful. It'll be a fantastic game to to be there and watch. But I have got a feeling. It's going to be It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great atmosphere, too.
0: They do that night so very well. Now, we're about to get Croft's best bet and best multi for the weekend. So, as he grabs the on notepad, fire these. he's been tipping very, very well. He scoffed oh. at my four leg multi last week, which got in thanks to Jalonga yeah, the last week. Four legs leg. for $1.20, please. It was yeah, even yeah, he's money. He's good like that, isn't hey. it? <laughs> hey. Even funny. No, whatever works. Jackie yeah. Reed sat in your chair and said she was going to back Essendon. I said, you know how much you'll get if you have $10 on the Bombers? Nothing, because they're going to lose, Jack, yeah, and that was the just, case.
1: I was just giving you the $10. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Could pay for a new colour, which I do need. Now, James, <laughs> who's going to win this game on Anzac Day, Collingwood or Essendon? Uh, Essendon.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. Any uh, reason? Uh, Unless there are of
0: two evils on form? <laughs>
1: Yeah, surely they win one, don't they?
2: Goey goes out.
1: goey Howe goes, Howell goes out. out. that That's more it. They, they're still fiddling around with who plays where. Do they leave Darcy more forward? All those questions. Love seeing Brodie Grundy push forward. That makes him um, more dangerous. This is what we were talking about as far as their mix in the midfield. It, it gives him more of an attacking option if he can get forward hard. Um, I think the Bombers are going okay. Like Getting Brisbane after two weeks away in the wet, I'm giving him a little... Yeah, yeah, pass a on little that. pass, a little little very mini pass. It, this is another one. If Essendon lose, not tipping him for the rest, of they go in the bin like for tipping.
0: Yeah, they well, got- Carlton supporters will cringe because they'll be up against them the week after. Carlton yep. supporters will be cheering the Bombers in well, this one.
1: That's my problem. If they both lose, I've got them both in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> For who do I tip?
2: I um, like it. it the Binny Bartel game. What if Collingwood lose? I tell you what, the world is
0: going to come crumbling we down. Might, it could, Not like, it could uh, get uh, my Jimmy Bartel to coach Collingwood. No.
2: At the moment, yeah. Oh, yeah, it'd be amazing. This is many. Geelong
1: and Hawthorne people who seen the big <laughs> Melbourne clubs in trouble. <laughs>
2: <laughs> look, look at the smiles this on our like, face. This is, like, seriously, <laughs> like, Everyone's been going, oh, Nathan Buckley under pressure, Collingwood under pressure. I'm like, just give them time. Let the year settle down and and get themselves going. But you lose this one, she's on. Like, if Collingwood lose this one, she's on. They're my best bet this week, Collingwood. I I, I thought last week they were pretty good against West Coast. They obviously had injuries during the match. Um, Their form's been fairly decent. And I just think, I don't know, I, I just think that they will win. You know, Essendon are playing some young kids, which, you know, they all got ability, but at the end of the day, they're all young kids. You know, you're putting, you know, some of them on a steel side bottom at some at some stage. Steel side bottom's going to be on, you know. So, they're super smart player. You won't get a smarter player than um, steel side bottom. Oh, I just think Colling will uh, win. They're, they're My best bet for the weekend. Well, Tab's got a pretty good offer
0: for mine on the Anzac Day match. You can get $5 on either Scott Pendlebury or Zach Merritt winning the Anzac Day medal. We know Scotty Pendlebury's won three already, and Zach Merritt showed he's in good form last week against Brisbane, so I dare say that offer will be popular.
2: I apologise if I offend anyone in my multi, but I'm picking Adelaide to beat the Hawks down in Tassie. Adelaide are outsiders Ah. against the Hawks, but um, Adelaide can run. Any team that can run... Against the Hawks at the moment um, it's a good thing and the Hawks uh, aren't the side they used to be unfortunately we're, we're struggling so Adelaide to win the Blues in an upset against Brisbane because their season's on the line and we saw a few weeks ago with the Giants and we also saw the Saints there was a great response we're thinking that might be the case and we're going to bring it home with Collingwood by 20 plus points. So plus. Adelaide to win. <laughs> just doing the uh, Adelaide to, to win. Hey. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Calling me by twenty plus, and the Blues to get up. We'll Is getting new change rooms Brisbane. at Admona if you win this one. And uh, we need them. It's a few snakes in the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at the but uh, anyway, yeah. No, I thought. Do you know what? It's worth a crack. It's it worth, it's a, worth crack. a crack. I, it hurts me picking Adelaide against the Hawks, but I, I'm just. I just think. They've got little nippy players zipping around. Taylor Walker's a question mark, isn't he? I think mm. because, of it. and that's a worry. If he goes out, then maybe I'd change my bet. But if he gets up, he at might time kick of a few.
0: recording, twelve dollars eighty nine on the that's three-legged cheesy. multi.
2: I could be a chance to get none though. Yeah, so. but you might get all
0: three. <laughs> I'm taking as my. I'm having two bets this week. Two bets win. Two dollars twenty. <laughs> Oh, that's Geelong 1-39.5 against West Coast. I think the Cats will grind out a win, yep. and the Eagles Jeez, will doing it are rusty.
2: Oh, they are rusty mm. at the moment, the that's Cats. That's all right. That's like, okay. It's not all right if they don't win. You want some rusty, but just not
0: not too I don't rusty. want too on song. And I think North Melbourne plus 44.5 against Fremantle is a bet. Fremantle, they just can't convert their chances. Where's that at? It's in Perth. Yep. Ooh.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I, it's, I've been a little bit ever since they got wow. absolutely blown off the park against the Bulldogs. I've been relatively impressed with North.
2: So, so with the yeah. Cats and the West Coast Eagles, the West Coast Eagles are going well. They've had one little lapse, but apart from that, the Bulldogs—they have beaten up, you know, virtually near the siren. They—they they were very good against Collingwood. Their ball movement, their skill level is just the way they're flicking the ball around at the moment. Their forward lines, you know, I'm I'm concerned with Geelong. Like, I know, yes, they he's into the year, but they've fallen across the line twice. You know, they've got a good side who's up and about. I think you need to rethink that bet. Yeah, have a good look at yourself. No,
0: I'm, I'm more upbeat about Geelong than a lot of people. I think they're moving the ball too slowly, but when Dangerfield gets a few games under the belt, Jeremy Cameron he's comes He's not playing. Back. He's out. He's no, no, got, I know, but I'm talking for the year. Yeah. So
1: do you reckon Cameron will change the way they play?
0: I hope so because I wanted to move the ball quickly and have the 1-2 punch with Cameron Hawkins up forward.
2: So their star player Dangerfield, he goes out, Jeremy Cameron comes in with a suspect hamstring with Caldwell. And he's never played yeah, it's with cold Tom down Geelong Hawkins. For West Coast. Never played with Tom Hawkins, so all of a sudden do they run in, you know, in front of each other or they I'm sure they'll be Said very the same well about chilled. Lynch and Rewalt.
0: They're just counting the premierships they've won together as Yeah, but as hang speak. on.
2: How long did it take Lynch to get going, though? It took him like nine months. It was when Rewalt went out of the side. Yeah. He started his it, game. Yeah, it took him a long time. You're not time. off the Cats,
0: are you? No,
1: I'm not upbeat. I'm not downbeat. I'm just beat. Jeez, they're boring <laughs> to watch,
0: though. they such a talented team.
1: Yeah, they, they want to play the game in a machine-like manner. Yeah. Everyone is where they need to be. The ball needs to move like that. It gets them to the top four, though.
0: It's not exciting. No. But it'll do enough to get the four points and this I, I don't
2: think Chris Scott's worked out his best team yet. You know, because he knows that he needs that run. He's got those experienced players, a few injured players. So I, I, it's very much a work in progress. Is yeah. it safe
0: to say he's never been the same since he stupidly pushed Jay Bartell out the door and cost the club a premiership? Why are you
1: baiting? You do need a cut and colour. The die sunk into your head, I think.
2: <laughs> well, you look at what Brisbane's done. You know, they've brought in Hodge and they've brought in Birch. They want experienced players. Yep. And those two... Seriously, they'd come last in an endurance race, you know. Like, they'd be out the back, but you need that experience. So, you know, some coaches think it's all about the, the young kids coming through and then others go, no, we need older guys from a training point of view, on the track point of view, and in a game point of view, just setting up everyone. You need those coaches out on the field. Nothing from you. I agree with the man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gents, it's been an absolute pleasure, and punters, you've been listening to Inside 50.
2: many great racing and sports moments and here's the next the tab app is now available on google play download it today tab long may we play
1: google play is a trademark of google llc gamble responsibly gamblers help 1-800-858-858